Nick Angstead, Locked On Mavericks here, and I'm joined by Positive Chuck Mockler and William the Opinion Updike from the Locked On Clippers podcast. We're going to get into a lot of stuff today, crossover episode. We'll get into it on Locked On Mavs and Locked On Clippers right now. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. Hey, hey, Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers. My name is Nick Angstead. I'm the host of Locked On Mavericks, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And I am joined, or I am joining, depending on which feed you're listening to this on, Charles Mockler, Will Updike. They go by their nicknames. I just had them Oof. already. But yeah, here we <laughs> Yo, go, is boys. On, is this locked on Clavericks? What are we doing today? No, that's terrible. <laughs> Mavips, Mavs, Mippers. <laughs> I don't know what it would be. It's I'm all excited, terrible. man. I'm nervous for this series partly, but I'm excited for this podcast because, hey, second year in a row, we're all doing this. On today's show, we are going to do a full crossover. Basically, you'll hear from the Clippers guys. Uh, Clippers fans will hear from me on the Mavericks side of things. And we'll just talk about this series and why the Mavericks are going to win in six. That's basically what we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about this whole time. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us uh, sometime this week on Locker Room. Get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. Let's get into some stuff. All right. I got a couple questions about the Clippers, and we'll start let's there. Let's go. I'll start with I'll start with Chuck. Uh, Rondo, what's the deal with Rondo? Well, I'm, okay, so it makes sense as a Mavs fan, you're maybe not as into Rondo. Uh, no, very against Rondo. <laughs> so, I mean, full disclosure, I was heartbroken when the trade was made. Um, I mm. love Lou Williams. We gave up two picks. He's also on the roster next year. I'm just trying not to think about that for seven and a half million dollars. But Tyloo trusts him. Um, he's already seen a substantial amount of time. I think he's probably going to be in some of those closing lineups. And we just got to – so, the. I mean, I've been proven wrong about Rondo, I think, up to this point. But we got to wait for playoff Rondo to show up, right? Like, that's what the whole argument hinges on. So, if he doesn't show up, I don't, I don't know where we're at. Yeah, Rondo has been, I think, a, a good addition to the Clippers. I think, you know, if I – push all the Mavs like fandom aside he, is, <laughs> right. he has been uh, you know positive I think for that team he's almost more of a coach to me that every time I've watched the Clippers he's almost more of a coach than a player at times he's just always up with Ty Lue like clapping or, or talking or barking at somebody and it seems like he's the guy that if whatever happened to the Clippers in the Denver series last year it feels it feels like he's the guy that's supposed to go in on the court and like kick him into shape and like hey let's not lose to the Denver Nuggets right? like, <laughs> let, like let's not lose a series that we're not supposed to lose basically uh what percentage do you think he's a coach or, or a player like well if you had to put a percentage on it because it feels like it's kind of 50 50 to me <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's maybe even 60-40. I was really interested when he first came to the team before he even played a minute on the court. Uh, at every single time out, he was talking to guys. He was right there with Ty Lue. Uh, I think that he was a big part in sort of getting Pat up to speed, like in all the things that you can do off the court before you're back on there. Like they would constantly be talking. They, you know, they. It's like two guys who see the game at a, at a fairly high level and uh, have that kind of vet experience to where – they can relay things that are happening on the court to one another. I mean, I would be very surprised if having a conversation with them wasn't like those two annoying friends that you're hanging out with. And you're like, I have no idea what the hell either of these guys are saying. <laughs> yeah. so, Did he just make, a connect, four Did he make <laughs> yeah. a connect four metaphor? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's like, you're red. You have a yellow. Um, 
No, it's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to see him and Carlisle's interactions if they even look at each other. I know. That, during this series. So that's the thing. If you're a Clippers fan, you're listening to this, like, why are you guys talking about Rondo, first of all? And if you don't remember, and if you're a new Mavs fan, Rondo was on the team, obviously. Dirk, you know, asked for the trade, basically. Like, give me somebody that's going to help this team. They brought in Rondo. That's what Kawhi from, did, too. From the Celtics. Yeah, they basically did the same thing. Brought in Rondo uh, in the, you know, the trade. They sent Jay Crowder to Boston, and Dwight Powell actually came with Rondo in that trade. And Rondo just did not work with Carlisle. And, no. and as, as many point guards have, but he's probably the biggest example of a point guard not working with Carlisle. And they got into it. I actually was at the game where he stomped off the court and just completely left the building nice. when they were playing the Raptors. That was a, like a random game I was at before I was even covering the team. And then in the playoffs, he said you know his back hurt. He couldn't play. And then they literally like ousted him from the team so much so he didn't get his playoff share of like the, the revenue or, or whatever that they got. Really? It got oh, yeah, wow. they have to vote for that and it got that Damn. bad. So it's just it's just wild stuff. And so it's, it's a new wrinkle to this series and obviously a lot of the stuff is the same from last year, but one of the new ones is what's Rondo going to do, right? Like is he going to try to get into Carlisle's head? Is Carlisle going to try to get in his head? Is he going to you know, nobody on the maps except for Dwight Powell probably remembers him. <laughs> like even on yeah. the maps, but and there's that weird gif of him looking at Luca really weird he was <laughs> on the Lakers last year. So there might he's gonna try and get in people's heads. Um, yeah. he was yelling that Trez was a baby the entire time that he had the ball in Clippers Lakers the last time they played. Like he was yelling, he's a baby, he's a baby, he's too small at Trez. So there's gonna be some weird stuff. <laughs> they Rondo destroyed him too in those minutes. Yeah, like, cousins looked great. Well, I mean, th- that is normal, right? Like The, Maver- <laughs> the Mavericks did that to Montrezl last year, true. too. That is very true. That's another thing that's new this year. I mean, we can kind of get into it. Is Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell are off the team. And so the Mavericks mm-hmm. aren't going to be able, to, like they did last year, to just completely like attack them over and over again. I feel like <sighs> it's going to be Reggie Jackson this time. And Luke Kennard, if he plays, right? Do you guys think Luke Kennard's going to even get a playoff ro- like oh. spot in the playoff rotation? Right? Like That would be the other guy I would think that they would try to attack, but it doesn't seem to be there this year. Things are either going to be going really well or really bad if yeah. Kennard's <laughs> on the court in this round one, honestly. Um, and you mentioned Reggie Jackson, and like we're worried, we're obviously very worried about Luca. Um, it's going to be interesting what the Mavs do in the non-Luca minutes. Who's generating mm-hmm. offense? Like, who do you think in the playoffs? Because I know the, the you know the rotations are shorter. Who should the Clippers bench look out for? Yeah, they're they're going their offense is going to be generated from Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. And then yeah. Christoph Porzingis when he plays, you know, it's, it's really going to depend. I'm, I'm very interested to see when he, when Christoph Porzingis plays in this series. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, but there's some pretty positive signs based on the schedule. There's two days off between the first couple of yep. games there. Like there's two days off between game one and two, two and three, and then four and five. I thought that that was huge for the Mavericks, especially, especially for oh, yeah. Porzingis <laughs> and recovery and all that. So, but yeah, offense will be generated from Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., who, you know, we're basically two slumps away from being in that six man of the year conversation, I think. Um, and yeah, they've just been absolutely great this season. Tim Hardaway has you know been great starting and off the bench. Tim Hardaway will probably start in this series. That's kind of where the Mavs have been trending. But he's so he is, but he, good. He'll also play when Luca's off. When Luca's on the bench too. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, Luca's going to average forty minutes. <laughs> like, he, he has. He to. may, especially with time with time off between. He may like. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's gonna be real fascinating. So so you guys are like super worried about Luca because I don't think that of there's a, I don't think there's a single player the Mavericks are super worried about. Kawhi has had spurts where Ooh, obviously that he might go- be dangerous. He goes off. He he goes off against the Mavericks, but it hasn't been like he goes off for thirty five or forty. Right? It just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he goes off in that way. 
but defensively in the playoffs (laughs) defensively he just he completely just wrecks things for two minutes and then all of a sudden the mavericks are down like 10 (laughs) it feels like in yeah time and things I'm excited to watch Kawhi on Luka. Um, Pat Bev does not defend him very well. No. <laughs> I mean, no one really does. But it's going to be nice. Like, Will and I have talked about how it felt like this whole season Kawhi's kind of been ramping up, and then he was playing great, and then he got hurt, and now it's kind of like back to this ramp-up thing. And what's most indicative of how Kawhi is ramping up is his effort on defense, like straight up. Um, and if we see that locked in early on Luka when maybe they switch off a of Morris or something like that, we'll really know that Kawhi's like in playoff mode. Mm. I'm interested. I'm, I'm ready to see that. I love watching Kawhi. I think he's a great player. I think that uh, he's a free agent, and the Mavericks have lots of cap space this summer. So he's not going to <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> it's the bit we've been doing for like three months now. Ever since Giannis signed, we're like, "Yep, we're moving on. It's it's Kawhi now. It's, this is the next guy." Uh, yeah, Cuban will have to fly him back and forth after every practice, and then yeah. and then maybe honestly, like. <laughs> If you can guarantee he can be in San Diego by the by the time the sun goes down, he's he's he'll probably do it. I just want to see how him and Luca like relate or how they talk, right? Like I just want to see how either of them communicate and like, it'd be all nonverbal. It'd be all like, like weird looks and like because Luca and Boban will like be dancing or joking around at the beginning of games, and I just don't see Kawhi as a guy to get into that. Or he would do the opposite, and he would get into it, but like in a really weird way, where he would just be standing next to them and looking at them while they're dancing. Oh yeah, and the, like Chris Bosh. Chris like Bosh used to do that weird stuff. On yeah, the game. in his brain, think he was participating, but really not. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Are you uh, worried? So, like, is there any are there any new wrinkles we're going to see from Carlisle, or is what we saw in the regular season what we're getting from the Mavs? Yeah, this is I don't a good mean question. That in a bad way. This is a good question. We'll get into it coming up. What's Ooh. different in this series? What's different for the Mavericks, the Clippers, Carlisle versus Ty Lue? That's a different matchup than it was last season. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let's talk about Theragun. Theragun is the way to get stress out of your daily life. If you have stress that weighs down your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like us, I don't know if Will are you an elite athlete. Chuck could be, you know, I I'm tell. borderline elite. Should have won state, know? to be honest with you. <laughs> just gonna tell, just gonna say, uh, just trying to make it through the, the day, tension free. Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, which is what Luke is going to do to the Clippers. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Gen gun. Uh, Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, uh, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Unbelievable stats. We got stats on the Theragun. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Get your Gen 4 Theragun. Go get it. Release that tension. Go deeper. 60% deeper. All right, guys, let's get into some more stuff about this series. So, obviously, these teams played last season. We kind of got into the, at the top of the show stuff that we were really into. And uh, now, what is different? What is Carlisle going to do that's different than than last season? Well, there's one thing that really stands out to me. And it may seem small, and it may seem not that important, but I think it is. Dwight Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein, who are, like, individually not that great, like, not great players. You'd you'd be like, oh, I'm not worried about either of those two guys. But they're two guys that give the Mavericks a role threat that they did not have last season. The two big men, the three big men that played in the series last year were Porzingis, who played... 
half of game one and not game three, four, <laughs> you know, yeah, four, five, and six. And then mm-hmm. Boban, who was like playing Who's spot Boban? minutes and only kind of played against Montrose Harrell, right? Like they didn't really play him uh, against Zoo that yes, much. Yes, he and, did. <laughs> and so uh, that may not happen this season. And then Maxi Klebo was was the other guy that played, and he's you know stretch four, can play some defense, and he guarded Kawhi actually last year. Uh, is he going to be back? Is, there, is he still kind of ramp? Is it unclear? He, he's ramping gambling. up. He's been in. He's he's been in practices. He's been in non-contact practices until uh, just on yesterday, Wednesday. If you're listening, you know, listen to this, and so he is going to play, but he's kind of he's kind of up and down. The Mavericks did make the trade for Josh Richardson. And so that was, that's kind of the guy that they hope to defend one of these, you know, Clippers guys. But I think these two big men are what is going to change things. Cause they have a role threat. They have a guy that can roll down the lane. They can pick roll, all that kind of stuff. That's not something they had last season. Cause Porzingis, it should be a role threat, but he's not explosive <laughs> yeah. enough athletically to be one. And so I think that's right. the big change from the Mavericks side that may seem small, but I think actually just gives them a different look that they can take when the offense is kind of bogged down and they're not, when they stop hitting their jumpers, which will come eventually. That's a good call. I think, I mean, the Clippers big man rotation is completely different too, right? Like we don't yeah, have true. to watch Trez hemorrhage our points. Um, <laughs> or Zoom. play like 20 minutes or in a play, row. Yes. <laughs> Zoo's passing out of the short roll has been way better this season. Like his passing was kind of talked about like for the last two seasons and we just never saw anything of it. And this year it's actually kind of flourished. There is kind of a question mark well, with Serge though. And he's also a European center. So you're like, he has to be a good passer, right? He, like, he, seems, he has to be a good passer. It yeah. seems like a thing that just comes with the territory, but not necessarily the truth. Yeah. And then I don't know. I'm a little worried about Serge um, just health wise, but he looked good in those last two games. Will, what do you think the biggest difference is other than the centers for the Clippers is? Uh, I think that the team is just a lot deeper and more versatile than it was last year. Um, Which is you know, wild. Go- they had two six man of the year candidates last year. Started it up, but like, yeah. no, 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 totally, no. totally. Yeah, that's a and fair is, point. <laughs> it's so strange to me because the team is obviously better than it was last year. Like all the numbers say that they're better, but they have less talent. Right. Like, don't, would you say well, that they had less talent than last year? So, so I, I think the big thing for me is like, I, I mean, I would agree with you, like looking at it roster for roster last year, I would have said, oh, last year is definitely the better roster. But I think what we neglect to like remember or contextualize is that that second unit was so rigid in terms of what it could yeah. operate or do. Like it was limited to it was it was limited Scoring. to pick and roll. Yeah. Pick and roll. And only pick and roll between two players. They never really got shots, even for somebody like Jamichael Green, who was a great shooter. Uh, he ended up leaving the team, you know, because of what his usage was going to be like. So I, I think that uh, we've gotten a little deeper. But like the bigger thing to me is just the versatility um, you can have. You can swap guys in and out of that starting lineup. You know, we have like two other guards on the roster other than Pat that I would be comfortable running with the starters. And I would not like, I, you know, I would not feel nervous about it. Uh, Charles already mentioned the center rotation, but our wings are, I think a lot better uh, this year too. And then we got to have some yeah. different looks at the guard position that are guys like Luke or man that like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not necessarily trusting, you know, in, in big playoff minutes, but they got to come in and play a couple possessions. Or if Luke has to get something started offensively, it's a much different look than anything else on the Clippers roster so I, I think that like yeah the the depth is different uh like maybe the higher tier of offensive talent isn't there but everyone's a little bit more well-rounded uh and we just have that many more looks yeah it seems like both teams are thinking that too right like both teams have more looks and it's wild that they're meeting in the first round uh like sometimes yet again <laughs> well I, i'm curious like what are what are mavs fans feeling about this matchup like i, I mean i'm assuming you wanted to see denver 
yeah, like what I mean, what what is the general feeling kind of from the fan base? I guess. On yeah. This? The other thing is that both both teams fan bases wanted different teams, right? You guys, dude, are all what the hell? It's, <laughs> of course, we wanted the Blazers all day. Like, <laughs> that's four games, no problem. Like, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, so you guys if, didn't. Did you guys get accused of tanking at the end of the season two or no? Well, some people did, but if you watched the games, like the last game they played was against Minnesota. They they didn't rest anybody that yeah. they didn't need to until you know the end. They played uh, the Raptors the second to last game, and they almost lost that game, which was just like maybe one of the most embarrassing moments of Mavs, <laughs> like one of the most embarrassing wins of the last two years. And then they played Minnesota in the last game. And they played all their guys, and they still lost. <laughs> like, yeah. And, so, yeah. And, yeah. and so everyone looked at the score and said, oh, the Mavs are down 20. They're trying to lose. I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to lose. Yeah, they I don't just, think Luka's out there trying to lose. They just did lose. This Mavs team has had so many bad losses against inferior teams. They lost to the Thunder with both their guys. They lost to uh, the Rockets when they were, were down a bunch of guys. Like They've, they've had some really bad losses. This, the Timberwolves loss, I guess, at the end of the season was bad. Um, and so they, they played down and up to their competition. And so, just like the Clips, that's pretty similar to the Clippers, every, honestly. Honestly, I, I so this this past week I went through and did a preview with pretty much every single playoff team. Uh, our hosts, I did one, with, did one with Chuck. I've done one with with everybody, and almost every single host said that that their team plays up and down <laughs> to competition. Like the only one that didn't say it was uh, the Bucks. It was like Kane Pittman was the only one that said that they they beat the teams they're supposed to and don't necessarily beat the teams they're not. And then Blazers right. also. Blazers don't beat the teams ahead of them, like obviously. Very like the, true. Like the uh, you know the Clippers, and then they they beat the teams that they're supposed to. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that Mavs fans are worried, obviously, about the shooting. Like Mavs, the Mavs do not defend the three point line well, and I think that that has become a real identity for the Clippers, and I think that they're really concerned about that. Like you look at the you look at the stats. If you just pull it up, you see five or six guys shooting forty percent from three, and that just terrifies you as a Mavs fan. Yeah, what's crazy too is like we're not even taking that many. I think we're still no, below yeah. average in three-point attempts, um, which yeah, has like been the right mark. in the middle of the pack. Yeah, so that is where you know. I mean, I'm not. If I were a Mass fan, I'd be a little concerned about the just the wing depth for defense for who the Clippers yeah. have. You got Mook, PG, and Kawhi, and that starting that was lineup was three even more true last dudes. year. <laughs> yeah, more, right. It was even um, more true last year. And you got three guys who can, you know, Kawhi's outside shooting is good, obviously, but you're, we're not looking to him for threes. So, I mean, if the ball's moving crisp from the start of game one, which I'm a little worried about, I would be a little more worried if I was a Mavs fan, but these Clippers kind of start slow. You know what I mean? Like, it might, oh, 1.30 p.m. game, like, there might be some ugly turnovers to start this one in game one. Also, the Mavericks. I think this is still true. Twenty-one and zero when they lead after the first quarter this season. What? Wow, that's yeah. wild. It may be Damn. twenty-two. It may be twenty, but it's either it's way. Some, that's somewhere incredible. in there. Yeah, they are incredible if they win after the first quarter. Now, do I think that stat will continue into the playoffs? No. <laughs> do, do I think many regular season stats matter this season? I don't think so. Right? Like it's just so. That's hard. a good point. Actually, look, what like what ones from the Mavs do you think matter in the play? Because like obviously three point shooting for the Clippers matters. I think defensive rating. Sure, but the rotations get shortened, so you don't get like the yeah. worst defenders in there for each team. And like maybe like assists per game, like like maybe clutch stats. I think maybe matter, which we can get into with the Clippers. Yeah, but like because at the end at the end of the games, you're gonna put in the best guys. But it's so hard because you just have to qualify everything this year. Like if you even look at the couple of games the Mavs and Clippers have played this season, <laughs> none of them count, right? Like there's a 50 point <laughs> game at the beginning. One of, the of them season. definitely doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> There was a 50-point game where Kawhi and, and Porzingis didn't play, and that was just an outlier crazy game. 
And then the Mavs uh, won another game by like 16 points. And so they, they're two and one against the Clippers with like a point differential of 67. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like wild. So you just look back and you, you have to see who was playing in each game and go back and like document it. And it's just so hard to, to tell the Mavericks also like their whole, if you look at their whole season, the entire month of January was just absolute trash, like garbage. Like you just have to throw <laughs> out all those stats because yeah, Porzingis was on and off and Luca played mostly, but then everyone else, you had, Four or five guys, like they're almost their whole rotation dealing with COVID. They went to a game in Denver and then they were stuck in their hotel rooms in Denver for three weeks. Oh, wow. I forgot. I almost totally forgot about that. (laughs) It was so nuts. Yeah. The Mavericks were affected by COVID, uh, the second most behind the the Boston Celtics. Wow. Uh, And then some some of them were not even necessarily COVID, but like Willie Colley Stein missed an entire month. Uh, with health and safety protocols. And it was never defined what it was. And so everyone was like, okay, he tested positive for COVID. And he never (laughs) said he did. But then the day he came back, he was out for a month. The day he came back, he got the vaccine. And so you're like, well, you can't get the vaccine if you've, you know, just recently had COVID. So it was just, there's been some weird stuff with the Mavs um, this season with COVID. They were affected a lot, but they've overcome it. And then they've had a really good record ever since then. Basically you start February 1st with the Mavericks. That's when they got their full team back. And you look at those stats. So. Uh, I think for the Clippers, you could start the season probably about a week and a half ago based on getting the full <laughs> roster back. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming up, let's get into, you know, what this Clippers season has been uh, overall. And then we'll just talk. We'll talk about the schedule. We'll talk about predictions and different things like that. We'll get into it coming up. But before we do, let's talk about betonline.ag. It is the one place to put down some money on sports. Go there right now and put some money down on. We've been tracking this Mavs Clippers series over the last couple of days and First it started, the Clippers were a minus 400 favorite. And now if they have it, oh, it's back to minus 400. It was minus 370 yesterday. Ooh, so getting they, close. Getting close without even it, money. <laughs> they've changed it up a little bit. And so it's gone back up. They apparently have less faith in the Mavs than they did yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, this Nets number is wild to me. Minus 1,300 Nets are, are, are favorite to win the series. Uh, the Blazers are now the favorite in the series when the Nuggets were a couple days ago. So a couple the Blazers are the favorites. Here. I would not yeah. take that bet. Yeah, Blazers. I would are, bet the Nuggets are the favorite there. The Lakers and Suns. The Lakers obviously open as the favorite, but not by a ton. That's not a, a huge number there. And then Hawks are favored over the Knicks in that series. So you can put money down on any of those series. They also have all, all kinds of other stuff. They have futures. You can look up uh, who's going to win the conference. The Clippers are second favorite to win the conference behind the seventh seed Lakers. How does that feel? Ugh. I mean, doesn't no one likes it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely not Mavs fans. Definitely not my co-host who loathes them more than uh, maybe Sin itself. Uh, so go to go to Bet Online, use the promo code Locked On, get a fifty percent welcome code with your first fifty uh, percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, gentlemen, let's get into some more stuff about this Clippers team. Uh, what is what is uh this Clippers season been like? Just give me a brief overview, kind of like I did with the Mavs just there. Of uh, you guys said the season started about a week ago. What makes you say that? What you know? Where has this team been with their continuity? Because that's sort of the whole thing. You know, Chuck and I talked about in our, in our preview of the Clippers is that the Clippers have felt like this season was they had way more continuity than last year, but has it been that way? Because they haven't played, still haven't played a ton of games with all their guys. The Clippers clipped. I mean, they they do what they do. So no, I, I mean, like it's 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 hard because like looking at the standings and, and the record, like it doesn't really jump out at you. And yeah, there there were 
basically the same continuity issues as we had last year. What I think looked a lot different was the process leading up to that this year. I think that's kind of like why it's a bummer that we sort of tanked those last couple of games and ended up fourth because this yeah. was a, a team that that really did steal some wins out, you know, out sometimes a full starting lineup uh, against another team in a really hard fought victory. And it's just there's a resiliency that we never saw last year and just sort of a commitment to figuring out rotations. Uh, and sort of finding what works. I mean, last year, you know, we didn't really change anything. We we kind of ran the same stuff. Uh, when we got in a jam, we leaned on on the same things that we had done all season. Uh, and I just don't think that it, it, A, ever built good habits, and B, it, it didn't leave guys like a lot of faith that, you know, their number was going to come up or that they were a significant contributor in this. And I think that shows in in sort of the locker room struggles that they had last year. I mean, last year in a close game, um, you know, down the stretch, you would see guys just like bowing their heads down in the huddle. Like it was over. You knew it was over. Like, the, I mean, no one really even wanted to try. And this year, I mean, it's just guys are talking to each other a lot more. I mean, like the continuity thing, I don't even know how much you can truly put into it because winning is a bigger deal than continuity. Uh, and that's and like, that's like our Michelob Ultra question. Like, do you win yeah. because you're happy or you're yeah. happy because you win, right? Do you win because of continuity or do you get continuity because you win? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that there was like a lot more of that. And then, you know, like the, the constant sort of thing that we hear from, from the players in, in media availability again and again, is that there's like a system in place where everyone is kind of calling each other out and no one takes it personally. And we had nothing resembling that last year. No, there was one guy in particular who seemed to take things very personally when he would be called out. Uh, he's no longer on the team, so that's good. <laughs> Rodney Magruder. No, I'm just kidding. It's Montez. Um, Get him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're turning into the Warriors over here. Um, Light years ahead. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm real. I'm just, I'm so much, I'm looking forward to this series and these playoffs so much more than last year. Last year, there was this idea that like, sure, the Clippers had the personnel to win a championship, but that's what they had. They only had the personnel. They didn't have the coaching. They didn't have the game plan. You never there felt wasn't like that a process. Doc, you never felt like that with Doc Rivers at all. Like he's, he'd won a title as a coach. You never felt like he was a guy that could. It never felt. I, no. Dude, I think I, I'm calling bullshit on this. I think that that's like revisionist history. I, I definitely thought Doc was capable of winning a title. I mean, I look what he did with that 18-19 team. And I was oh, all capable, abo- sure. Like, I was all aboard the Doc year. train. Like, I, I thought that at the time he was like a motivator of men. But if there's something that we know about Doc Rivers, it's that like he doesn't really manage personalities that well, I don't think. I mean, we saw that with the Celtics. And like you hear about all the falling out there uh, leading up to Ray that Allen. to that championship run. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, like it, it, it just, and you know, I feel like that's part of why the Lob City era never really worked out. Personalities were yeah. never effectively managed. Sure. And I think that's what we saw more of, man. And it's, you know, he's a great coach. He's a solid X and O's guys. I mean, he's really committed to defense despite like, I, I mean, I never saw it with the Clippers, but uh, <laughs> <See>? <laughs> the, the, the idea the entire of it bench is there. couldn't defend. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, the, the thing for me is like, I, yeah, I just, I don't think that he can walk in and, and like solve personnel disputes. And I think that that is another thing that you have to be able to do as a coach. I mean, I think that that's or like, make adjustments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's like <laughs> yeah, something true. like it's, it's a shift of the league though. Right. Because there used to be like this old guard where it's like what coach says goes. And then you have someone like Steve Kerr or something. And it's like, no, dude, part of this job is honestly just being an HR manager and making sure that everyone <laughs> can play together. And Doc like, Rivers could never do that. Yeah. Carlisle is definitely still in that old mentality, but he, he oh did, yeah, 
He dabbles. But he every, wins, so it doesn't matter. If you win, he, it doesn't matter. He dabbles every once in a while in like the the new school, like trying to reach people where they are and stuff. And so you're like, I like he's trying. He's making strides. But he's yeah. like doing a rap in the locker room. He's like, hey, my name is Luca. And it's like, okay. <laughs> no, but he does. He, he did fly to to Slovenia and Latvia and meet with these guys and. Like when, oh, Dennis, that's cool. like when Dennis Smith, well, he flies his own plane, so maybe not all the way to there, oh, but he, he's a dangerous. pilot. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really interesting. So uh, I've seen a couple people, especially Mavs fans, like think that, all right, we have the coach advantage for sure. Rick Carlisle is going to outcoach Ty Lue to, to, you know, to the nth degree. And then I went on Clippers Reddit today and I saw a Photoshop of uh, oh, Clippers was, Reddit, man. What was what, Anya Joy Taylor's your eyes after? What was, <laughs> what was that? What was the... Um, Oh, the chess show. What was it called? Queen's oh, Gambit. Oh, uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. It was this. It was this edit of Ty Lue as the girl from Queen's Gambit. Like, that's unsettling. Like, even just hearing you describe. <laughs> but it was. But it was like Ty Lue's gonna make the the best moves and blah blah blah. I was like, maybe that guy just thought of that edit and thought it was cool. But the coaching matchup, I think, is gonna be real interesting because if the Mavs do have a huge advantage there, then all of a sudden I think that's big. But if all of a sudden it's like even, then I think that the Mavs' chances to win are a little bit less, and it's hard so, to tell. So I, I love Rick Carlisle as a coach. I love Ty Lue as a coach. Um, I think there's a slight advantage for Carlisle. I don't think it's a huge gulf that maybe – I think Ty Lue gets a bad rap too. Like anytime you coach LeBron James, like people thought Eric yeah, Spolstra yeah. like wasn't a very good yeah, coach. Yeah, true. <laughs> he wanted true. Eric Spolstra fired. Um, so <laughs> I think in that sense, Ty Lue gets a bad rap. And like once we hired Ty Lue, I read so – so many excerpts and quotes of like Steve Kerr being like, I don't know how he picks these. I don't know how he figures these plays out. Doc Rivers would be like, he has a book of every ATO that he's ever gone against. Like he's mm. an unbelievably good coach. And I, but I, I think what's going to hinge on that is these, you know, these wrinkles, right? Like Ty Lue is kind of notorious for having playoff stuff. And like, I think he had a quote once where he was like, we're working on a secret playoff defense when he was coaching. <laughs> no, stop. Um, I'm sorry. I think so. Um, he comes out with a water bottle says Ty Lue's secret stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's just in <laughs> uniform. He's like, this is the new plan. Um, but I think, I think we're going to see some new wrinkles. I think we're going to see some stuff we didn't see at all. We're going to see a lot more small ball, which might flummox the Mavs. Um, who knows? But yeah, I the, Mav- the-, the Mavs have not played small. I'll just I'll stop. I'll yeah. Just talk there. The Mavs have not played small at all this year. They always play with one big, whether it's Porzingis or Collie Stein or, you know, Boban or Dwight Powell. When they when the Clippers go small, it'll probably be Dwight Powell and whoever or Maxi and whoever. Or like Maxie. They've, they've, play, they've played yeah. a little bit with that, but not not often. Uh, and I, I lose. Oh, go ahead. Oh, the, I, I made the mistake a couple pods ago and I was like, yeah, sometimes they'll play Zoo and Ibaka together. And then I went back and looked, and I was like, "That has never happened this season." I think I think yeah. it was talked about before the season that they would do that, and then it Dude, never we got actually a lot happened. of questions about it. Yeah, people are like, "Should <laughs> they play?" And it's like, "No, they should not." Why? Play <laughs> yeah, well, it's always like, "Oh, you have a you have a big man that can shoot. Maybe he should play with another big man." You're like, "That's not necessarily." Dude, people <laughs> wanted Trez and Zoo to play together last year sometimes, and it was like that um, what what they, it, they did for three minutes and i think they ran into each other trying to grab a rebound and the other team got it like but no bullshit it is kind of interesting though that they haven't played together because it, i don't i guess i don't foresee it happening like or them them having to go to a lineup like that i just can't imagine what the mavs would do that would cause the clippers to have to do that because that would be interesting if they if they did that then all of a sudden you're like well this is new lineup we're playing that we haven't <laughs> ever played before but yeah, there's no well, and there's also like there's no continuity, right? Like Serge missed, yeah, true, over half the season or something like that. So I, I mean, I got if we're seeing Serge and Zoo out there together, I think things are going horribly wrong. 
which would be great. Would yeah, pre- right. This this podcast would appreciate it a lot. Yeah, what do we let's get into these predictions. Yeah. Will, how many games? Who's winning? Uh, so I, I've been re, like reiterating this. I, I'm going to judge a lot more of this series based on the Clippers first two home games. If they split that, if they split those, it's going seven games. And then it really, to me, I mean, obviously it's a game seven, so it can go either yeah, way. It goes anyway. Uh, you know, if, if, if they can take, if they can take both two home games and like retain home court, then, uh, then I think there's the possibility to get it done in five. I still think like against a team this good, that's really, it's just really, really hard to do. Um, I think like what we saw the Lakers do last year in the playoffs is a little bit of an anomaly because uh, they had some battered up kind of opponents, you know? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think that we're going to be seeing in the West a lot of like these five game series. Maybe, I mean, maybe if you're playing a play in, um, if, if you're playing a play in opponent, but other than that, uh, I, I think, I think it's six games again. I think it's Clippers. Um, but yeah, if they if they can't take care of home court in those first two games or they're slow to start, it's going seven. And it's kind of a coin flip for me at that point. Oh man, I hope it goes Damn. seven. I will be like the tense, <laughs> the tensest person ever if it goes seven. Oh, oh 100%. It'd be a nightmare. So great. I mean, in our preview, we talked about the stakes for the Clippers. If it went seven, like imagine all the things that could happen if. If they lose, I don't want to imagine all those things. (laughs) I I think it's going. The the way I look at it, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is the the Clippers are just not going to walk into Dallas and and take back to back home games. It's just I I love this team. I think they're better than they were last year. I just don't think it's going to happen. The thing is, the Mavs don't play that well at home this year. Now, I I also just said that regular season games don't matter, but they haven't necessarily been dominant at home this year. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It's been Matt, weird that there's been no fans for part of it. Like yeah, I feel like home true. stats, it's like everything's kind of it's not every, not everything is an away game, obviously, but like yeah. atmosphere wise, it kind of is. Yeah, they also play. Yeah, they played a bunch of they play a couple home games in that really bad stretch. But the Mavs are also going to have a lot more fans. I think. I think we saw there's going to be like five thousand more fans at Mavs games than at, at Clippers home games. That sounds about right. Dallas is uh <laughs> down to bring people in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's going six. I think it might go five if we see some crazy stuff from Ty Lue in terms of how Kawhi and PG are coming around screens yeah. or things like that. But, I mean, the Clippers are really good, but dude, this one thirty start time, I'm not hyped on that at all. <laughs> the brunch like, game. Dude, it's going to be awful. But I, I think the Clippers take care of it in six. And I won't feel bad if it's six. Why would you feel bad if it was six? Because, like, if we were playing the Blazers and it went six, I'd oh, be like, it went we're six. screwed. Be like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. But the Mavericks, you know, it's a very good team. And obviously, yeah, they're, yeah, they're same thing as last year, like a team that's better than their record indicates, which is unfortunate for them. Yeah, that's true. I think last year they're about what their record should be, but this season, no, they should be better. Yeah. And who, I mean, how many games are you taking the Mavericks in? Oh, Mavs in six. That's the official lockdown six? Mavs. Official I saw lockdown the six Mavs seasons prediction. in a movie. <laughs> Dude, if, yeah, the Mavs, it, if the Mavs win in six, <sighs> I'll put a billboard up that says, some horrible thing about spotlights over six uh, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it'd have to be something Texas. Lone Star over something. I don't know. You really do you I mean six man, if the maps like this in six, what a nightmare for the Clippers. I, I think it it's it's a little bit of a bit. But we also we really do <laughs> we believe in this team and we believe that if healthy, I think that they can they can stick with the with with the Clippers. I think that Luca is, you know, steps up in playoff series. The, the Clippers last season we're like the one team that we were terrified of because we were like, they're going to be able to guard Luca so well. And they just didn't. And we were like, Oh God, this guy might be 
one of the best players ever. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. one of those, one of those, another time we've, we've thought this so many different times over his career, but we just thought again, like, dang, this guy really can just take it to these guys that are supposed to be able to stop him. And they just can't. So if that continues, if Porzingis actually plays all the games, then I think that that's a, another step up. That just gives him another guy that's going to drop 20. And in game three, you, you know, if you don't remember the, the Mavs won the game, Mavs lost that game, but Luca went out with an injury in the fourth quarter and he missed the fourth yep. quarter and Porzingis scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. He ended up with 38 points, I think for that game. And I think he can take it to the Clippers a little bit. And so if he's going to play, if he's going to be pretty good, the Mavs have those, those role threats. Like I said, that's another option. They have Josh Richardson, another wing guy to kind of throw at some of these guys. He, he may not start. He's been trending into the non-starter role because he's not necessarily played well, but, and then also the thing that we've been kind of alluding to is the rest days. I think the rest days are yeah. massive for the Mavericks. That's the start on this weird, like noon game. And the Mavericks have a week rest, which the Clippers do too, but uh, like a week rest. And then all of a sudden they're gonna have two days of rest after that game, two days of rest after that game. Like the Mavericks are gonna have so much rest and have these guys ready and prepared. They might get a practice day in between there. Well, it's adjustments <laughs> too, right? Like, cause yeah. like I'm worried about the Mavs offensively, defensively. I'm not, like that's not that big of a concern to me, yeah. Because the defense just—they're not good. They're, they're not that good defensively. Yeah, team, it's just sure. not equipped for the Clippers. But you know that's time to give Carlisle adjustments, and he's great when he has adjustments. And we'll see what Tyloo can do with that rest too. But it is kind of an astonishing rest schedule. And I think Will mentioned this up top, dude. The Clippers don't play very well with a lot of rest usually. Like we were, I think, undefeated on the second nights of back to backs. Like yeah, we lost like one of them. <laughs> Yeah, which I know, which like is kind of astonishing. But when we get rest, it's like we kind of start sluggish. So the week off and then the rest. Yeah, the Clippers. I mean, the biggest issue is not putting themselves in a hole early. Like we can't just I mean, it's probably going to end up a shootout a couple of these games, but we can't be having to do a shootout in like eight minutes into the first quarter. Yeah. And then the maps are 20 and 0 and winning after the first quarter so there you go <laughs> they'll, just Sweet, win. Man. they'll just win every game that no <laughs> honestly though paul george is the wild card paul george did not play well in this series last year and what's one of the reasons why the mavs got a couple games and i think that if he he has so much to prove in this playoffs right like he does yeah he, like, I mean, he has we can't a lot pretend that he doesn't. and if he can step up and be like pacers paul george or be paul george that i guess you kind of saw with the i mean okc paul george yeah, yeah even even that paul george like if we see that guy then this Clippers team should be able to take care of the Mavs, right? Like this Mavs team outside of Luca and then a little bit KP. You're not really like Clipper. I don't see Clippers fans really scared of anybody. Like you guys anything. have shooters, right? Like you got a bunch yeah. of guys who are shooting over 35% from three, but yeah, I mean like star wise, no. everyone on the Clippers wanted um, Tim Hardaway jr. But you guys got him, which is a great signing. So, well, he was, yeah. well, oh. the funny thing about that is that he was the Porzingis tax. Like he was in that trade and they got him because his contract is so big. And the beginning of not this season, but last season, I didn't think he was going to be in the rotation because he played so bad when he came over from the Knicks in that trade. And now a couple of people have made the joke that he's the it was the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade, not the Porzingis trade, because he's been so good at times <laughs> during this season. It's been wild. But anything else? I mean, anything else on your chest? You want to call me out on anything? Well, you called out Chuck on a couple of things. You can call me out if you want. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I think that about does it. I mean, like the, the, the biggest concern for Clippers fans is I just feel like we've struggled to defend really versatile guards. Um, and it doesn't make sense. We have the personnel to do it. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be seeing anything different. I mean, 
all signs would point to yes, that there will be different defensive coverages and we'll try different things. But I mean, it doesn't give me the most confidence going up against any sort of super dynamic guard. Uh, so Luca is kind of yeah. worst case scenario. One of those. Yeah. I mean, I guess final, I mean, the Clippers are going to go as far as Kawhi and PG take them at the yeah. end of the day, really. So let's hope they're both locked in, man. You guys are nervous. Oh, yeah, and you this better year. not try and steal Nick Batum in the offseason this year. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't afford him. So, <laughs> yeah, we're but nervous the- this year. I mean, last year burned a lot of Clippers fans. Like, I, I mean, I'm confident in this team when they're healthy and if they're looking good, but playoffs haven't started yet, you know? <laughs> it's so it's, wild. It seems like the yeah. Clippers are looking ahead. Everyone was saying they were ducking the Lakers, and then the, the fans are like, hey, let's uh let's Pay attention to this first round. Let's get past, yeah, let's get past the first round, maybe the second, before we start talking about long-term strategies. It'll it be really interesting. First round. It'll be really yeah. interesting. We'll see what happens. Go listen to Locked On Clippers. They'll have all the breakdowns. Locked On Mavs will have all the breakdowns oh, yeah. of the Mavs stuff. We'll try to be nice when you guys are not here uh, <laughs> and all that. Uh, Just don't make memes of us on the Mavs subreddit, and we won't do the same <laughs> oh man there you go we'll uh we'll have more for you this weekend we'll break down so many different podcasts of map stuff dirk was on bill simmons tim hardaway jr was on jj reddick uh lots of stuff to break down so we'll break that down over the weekend guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps thank you so much for listening to lockdown clippers as well <laughs> yes sir they tell me mark likes you Oh, yeah. Me and Mark have been through it all together. Great. Well, Mavrello need to know how Mavrello get Mark to do what Mavrello wants. Well, back when I was playing, Mark and I would discuss things like... You play for Mavs? You didn't know that? No, but we'll goggle you. Anyway, continue.